Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Kaya FM. Kaya FM. 95.9. Good evening, Kaya. Welcome to the Law Report. Um, standing in for my big brother, Michael Motoneng Bell. He is somewhere, somewhere in this country enjoying the fruits of his labor for, 2008, for 2018. You know he has done well this year. So uh, today is the last show for the year. So I'm standing in for my big brother and I hope you enjoy the show. Um, it's a packed show today and I have a very interesting character in studio. Um, he has already started recruiting for uh, soldiers that he says he, he, he wants. Um, we are going to have a very interesting discussion. Um, uh, I'm also joined in studio by uh, a resident political analyst, Kaya, uh, Kaya Stole. And um, no prizes for guessing who I have in studio. Um, the president and the leader of the Blackfest Landfest. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, statements. Let, let, let me put it this way, statements that are attributed to him. I'm going to ask him to confirm whether or not those statements are indeed correct. Then we'll, we want to, up, uh, to unpack issues of hate speech. Uh, I want to talk about issues of freedom of ex- expression. Uh, you would know that this country went through a very long period of struggle for um, against apartheid to enable people to be able to, to express themselves. We have Section 16 in the Constitution which guarantees the right to, to free speech. So we want to have a discussion around that. Uh, you're free to join in. Uh, give us a call on 86 959 86-00-00-959. Or you can send us a WhatsApp message on 063-688-0959. Or send us an email on law at kayafm.co.za. Uh, welcome to Kaya. Yes, thank you for the invitation. And also I greet all the Kaya FM listeners. Let, let, let me start with, with you. Before I go to, to, to Kaya to, to, to assist us in, 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 in unpacking this discussion. I, I, I've, I've, I've observed you for, for quite some time and I've always had a curiosity of, of wanting to understand one, one very important issue, at least for me and I, I suspect a number of people as well. Why did you leave the EFF or were you made to leave the EFF? I, I, I ask that question because the follow-up question is going to perhaps take us somewhere. No, I mean... Uh you, we, when we joined the EFF, we went there as a group. I was a leader of one of the leaders of a group called the September National Imbizo. We took a decision to join EFF because, despite our criticism, if you go back, you see I was writing open letters criticizing Julius Malema hectically and saying, "Come to the revolutionary path, be like Sankara, doing all those things," because he was already being corrupt, corrupt and collapsing uh, provinces, uh, b- destroying houses and building other houses. I mean, and, and, and that kind of thing. But when when they came out and seven cardinal pillars, we said these guys are close what we stand for let's go in there because we know young people are going to join EFF and they want to content and we're going to provide revolutionary content we did that so that, that was notwithstanding what you characterized to, to him having been corrupt and destroying provinces and so forth you still decided to join nonetheless yeah because you know uh, I understand so you compromised with corruption in a sense not really um 
I was hoping that one of the cardinal pillars they came with was to fight corruption. So I was like, okay, these brothers finally have seen the light. No, uh, they, are, they, are, they, are, they will not repeat this uh, same thing. But let me just put it this way. For me, there's always uh, different levels of contradictions. The main contradiction is a contradiction to fight for against white supremacy, which really is a land question. Any black person who says, you know, let's fight for land, they become my friend and I suspend other differences I might have with them. So that's what we did. It was time for land expropriation without compensation, taking land from white people. I was like, let's do this, Julius. And you know how, how effective he is. So I was very happy to be part of that team. Unfortunately, of course, uh, he didn't mean all that. And uh, the whole thing collapsed. And I'm, I'm a little sad about it because a lot of people at the beginning said, ah, you, you two big-headed men are not going to be able to work together. So, 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 so what is your, so, so you have now left the EFF, you have now formed this, this, uh, this organization. What is your grievance? What is your, what is your issue really? As the name of the organization says, Black First, Land First. Black First means we are at the bottom in a country that should belong to us. It doesn't belong to us. We are, all of us black people, whether you're from Zimbabwe or you're from Tanzania, you're from South Africa, so it, in South Africa, we, we don't belong here. This country is controlled and owned by white people. So we want black to become first in their country. And to become first in our country, we have to have land. So I, it's black first and land first. So that is really the central message of our movement. And we place ourselves in 1652. Those first black people who stood up against colonialism and were defeated over and over again the last 300 years. We believe we're taking that struggle and we hope we can see victory uh, finally. So, so liberation movements that, that, that have fought against uh, the struggles against colonialism and apartheid, for instance, let, let me take the, the African National Congress. Then you take, for instance, Zimbabwe African National uh, 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 People's Movement. So, so, so would a white person uh, be able to be a member of your organization? No, <laughs> we are a blacks only organization. And one of the mistakes of the uh, nationalist organizations, the former liberation movement, was to not be able to address this question sufficiently. Steve Bigot did address it. And I think if you go in South Africa, go and look at the 50s, 40s with the Youth League in particular, the ANC Youth League, with their strong African nationalism, which got defeated in 1955, of course, after the death of uh, the young man um, Mbede, Limbede. If Limbede did not die, we believe the ANC would not have adopted the Freedom Charter. But then you see they break and then there's a PAC. And then Bigot learns so the freedom charter is a sellout document of course it is a sellout document it starts by saying south africa belong to all living it both black and white no liberation movement on earth started by conceding to the colonizer their right to land then i mean what is the, the grievance about so i'm just saying that we so, then so, learn from biko blacks only Biko clarifies so, that question so 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 you envisage a scenario where the length and breadth of south africa has no white person in it is that that's that's what you envisage well i mean that that's the ideal uh, and uh, like Steve because says, white people will stay or leave, in other words, go back home under conditions set by the black majority. If they accept the, the conditions of the black majority, then okay, we can live together, no problem. But uh, if they don't, well, they have the option of going back where they come from. And those conditions are what? Well, the country belongs to us and they must return this land and they must retain the economy, the mines, the diamonds, everything that uh, they have now must be returned to us and then i mean we'll determine uh, how we how, yeah, how i'm we going to bring in kyle just now so so but when you use the term return to black people what does that mean 
let's take land as a concrete example. Yeah. Right now, about 30,000 or 35,000 white families and individuals own 80%, about 80% of the land in South Africa. Yeah. And that, all that land was stolen from black people. I mean, if they're serious about reconciliation and living with us in this country, to be together with us, they should just return that land to black people. I mean, that, this is just a concrete example. Then you can go to mining, you can go to banking system. Oh, okay. fact, so, so, so if we go to banking system, for instance, you, you envisage a scenario where there is no white person that is employed in a bank, there's no white person who owns shares in a bank, there's no white person who's a director in a bank. Is that, is that, is that what... <laughs> that would be preferable, of course. I mean, I have no problem with that situation, so, right? But, but what you want to see is majority black ownership. I mean, let's reflect the demographics. South Africa is 90% black country. But the actual situation is the other way around in terms of ownership. We say, let it reflect the reality of our country. No, no, no. I, I'm trying to... I, I want to bring in Kai just now. I, I, want to, I want to understand what you're saying is preferable and what that's why i preface my question by saying what is your grievance so your grievance is your your intended objective your intended end so and then your answer is that is what is preferable so so which is which no but i mean i don't know i don't think there's a contradiction the the historical grievance remains in south africa which is the colonial construction of, and the resolution of, of the of, of the colonial grievance is the return of black that's land. decolonization yes. there is no other decolonization which therefore suggests that no white no white person should have should should, should own land anyway ah, but, i mean let's take zimbabwe as a good example there's decolonization in zimbabwe and we got rid of those white people and they became such nice people and of course some of them we give them land under condition that we determine that's what that's all we're saying anywhere you go to china today you you live under the chinese rules they set the terms of how land is held by anyone including you as a, as a foreigner this is all we're saying we want real sovereignty and control over the our territorial integrity of south africa right now as i say all of us in south africa white people our landlords we are just tenants i'm talking to uh, the black land uh, black first land first leader um in studio, uh, we 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 we're going to talk about the the much more central issue. I, I thought this this would preface our, our our discussion. There's no central, bigger central issue than the land question. <laughs> Everything else is secondary. <laughs> so 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 l l let me come to to what you are alleged to have said uh, over the weekend. I I don't want to put words in your mouth. So let's let's agree on on a premise of what it is that you said. Okay, do, do do you mind? I know I know I there's no allegation I said I said the following I said the following I said Johan Rupert who is the biggest uh, capitalist in South Africa uh, representative white monopoly capital uh, he has threatened war he says he's got a private army and that army is in the taxi industry and he will unleash it after insulting people including Julius Malema who we disagree with but will would defend. Yon Rupert simply says uh, Julius Malema is a, is a small vendor in a red beret. I mean, how can you say that? And and black people in that room clapped. And then he says, I've got a private army. And this private army is uh, people in the taxi industry who have been my business partners and so on. We all know what's happening in the taxi industry and we know what it means. It means black people are going to be killed by so, a violence that is unleashed by Yon Rupert. We simply say, if you do that, Yon Rupert, no, kill one black person we will organize to kill five of you. So it's a deterrent if you think so about you it. So you are repeating it now. I repeat that and I'll repeat it I mean, again and again. We don't want violence. If you don't want violence, don't kill us. Isn't that a natural position to take? Don't kill us. That's all we're saying. What is your understanding of hate speech? Well, hate speech is, uh, you know, incitement to violence, imminent violence, by the way. 
and l- l- let me say i'm very confident that we covered uh, we are nothing we said which is not covered by the uh, you know freedom of expression clause in the constitution people must go read the judgment that just came out from the supreme court of appeal now fourth of of december there's a decision that has come out Kosatu appealed against the decision they found against it by the the human rights commission and equality court where the Kosatu international spokesperson uh, masuku was actually literally saying that the zionists in uh, uh, south africa everywhere who are killing people in palestine must be given exactly the same treatment and the uh, supreme court of appeal said that speech look in context is protected so i mean we covered so 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 so, so no 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 but, but but i want to understand what your, your your understanding of hate speech is so but i say i say to you it's incitement of eminent violence eminent not just incitement of violence if you look at, at that clause eminent violence and uh racial uh they would say you know hatred against a so, racial so, group so, so so when you make these statements you're quite conscious of what you are saying absolutely and the, the those statements are quite intentional you you mean what you say 100 percent. i'm not a politician you're not a politician no i'm a revolutionary it's a big difference kaya you 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 you, you have been listening in <laughs> I, I I defer to your to your better wisdom. I'm supposed to be the most controversial person in the studio generally, so I do feel upstaged. <laughs> yeah, the the question at the center of this conversation is really about issues relating to public accountability, and especially when people own voices that are amplified in society, like Andela tends to own, whether they have the same latitude to express what they feel and not have to deal with the resultant consequences. Now, of course, whether he intends it or not, the reality here is that when Andile takes the mic on any public platform, people pay attention, people listen. Now, if that then translates to people executing particular actions on the basis of what he has said, then of course there is a responsibility that he bears for that particular situation. So this is one example. The second problem that we tend to suffer from in this country is really the issue around context. So a few months ago, I was actually at the Constitutional Court in Bramfontein to listen to a particular judgment. Now, this judgment related to employees who had been engaged in what you might call a strike action. And during that strike action, they sang struggle songs because that's what people tend to do then. And of course, some of these struggle songs tend to have um, historically racial overtones. So if somebody says, kill the Boer, that's a thing that was said long ago. It had a particular context back then. People might say it now, but it's not like they're saying literally go and find the next Afrikaans person and kill them, yeah. of course. So then the question that was being raised here is, was that a racist um, you know, thing to do? And was that intention purely to be racist? And of course, the answer was no. The context was that this is a struggle song that people have been singing over time. Its lyrics might, to the layman, sound like it's an incitement to go and find their bullet and kill the next a white person. Yeah. But that is not what the song was about. So that context becomes important for us to embrace. Yeah. Now, if you then listen to what Andile said in Pochestrom, of all places, your, your, your choices <laughs> are just very strange. The contradictions there are, 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 are major. So, of course, in a situation like that, he says that he was doing this as a response to what Johan Rupert had said. Now, of course, Johan Rupert, being as tone deaf as he is, we've got a Johan Rupert problem that we'll do with some other time. So, <laughs> my understanding of that is that he obviously said, look, if people want to threaten his um, sense of autonomy, he has friends in the taxi industry in particular who might defend him. Remarkably reckless of some of someone to say, especially given the history of taxi violence in the country and the history of black on black violence defending white interests. So these things are all historical realities in South Africa. There's this wonderful song by Bongeningem. Uh, mm, I think it speaks about. Um, yeah. 
Usabel, Sabel, that song has got a very important historical context because it's really talking about black people who then used to sell out fellow black people to the police forces. Again, that context cannot be misunderstood. We must always understand what it meant. So what we then have here is a situation where if one person says, oh, I will take my friends, which has happened to be black and in the taxi industry, and they will defend my interest, and you are the person that legitimately or otherwise is seen as the exhibition or the epitome of what white supremacy is all about it was a problematic thing for your hand to do now if somebody like Andele then comes and says well i hear that your hand says that he's got an army of black people ready to defend him if he incites black on black violence we must then retaliate by you know multiplying it so your ratio is five to one so Absolutely. for everyone that they kill you saying that <laughs> black people must take five i don't know how that ratio is determined <laughs> the key thing Historical. here is that we then have to take a step back and say if your hand repeat is going to say things that are polarizing and quite simply inappropriate, is the right reaction for somebody under them whose voice is amplified in society to then say this is the retaliation that you need to do? Because the question is where does it lead us as a country? So there's this um, problem that we tend to have um, when we try to analyze history and people tend to refer to it as a moral equivalence. So for one example, people say, oh no, apartheid happened, let us get over it. And then people say, but you don't say that about the Holocaust. So that becomes a moral equivalence debate that people yeah, to the yeah. front. So similarly, when Johan says, oh, I've got people who can defend me. And then Andrew says, oh no, we can sort of kill more. I mean, at the ratio of five to one, it means we're more violent than black people. Are we advancing but, as a society? I don't think so. But, 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 uh, but, but I, I, look, I, I hold no brief for, for, for Mr. Rupert. I'm sure he has, he has enough. All right. If, if he was saying that <laughs> if something happens to me, talking about himself, he has friends in the taxi industry who can defend him. Let's assume that he said that. Yeah. And then the response from, from Andile is that if there is violence in the taxi industry, we are going to kill white people. Where is the connection there? No. Because, because yeah. I, I'm saying that I, I certainly... But that's hold, not what you, Rupert said. No, 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 no. no I'm saying... Yeah, I, yeah that's it, not what... Anyway, anyway, we are very specific. Rupert was saying, I have, his words is, I have an army. This is what he said. Yes, and my I, army. What is my army? Is the tax industry to defend him? To yeah, to defend him. So you, so he says, I have an army in the taxi industry to defend me. Yeah. You then say, if members of the taxi industry kill black people, we are going to kill white people. Yes. If so you're gonna I, use your army, but your percent I've got an army. For I'm him. Use it. Yeah. And we are at war with Yon Rupert. You know, Black First Land, for example. Unfortunately, for, for, for the EFF, we, we kept on talking about they are dis disabled by Johan Rupert for reasons that we can talk about. But we, as Black First Land, we are at a constant battle with Johan Rupert. He has 10 high court interdicts against us. We are his direct enemies, right? So then it comes out and says, I've got an army of people in the taxi industry who I'm going to activate. Okay, it means it's going to kill people. Why didn't Johan Rupert say, there are people who are troublesome. I'll go to the police. No, no, he doesn't no, care for the no, law. Actually, no, my, my, my question is much more specific than that. Uh, I, I don't know if you follow where, where I'm going. Uh, 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 I, I'm saying to you, I'm putting this proposition to you. I'm saying let's, let's accept the characterization that has been given is absolutely correct. That the debate of what, whether, what Rupert said is right or wrong is for another day. But let's it's not for another day. No, no, no. I'm saying let, let's accept. It's what brings me here. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm saying to you. Let's. No, I'm, I'm, okay. Let, let, let's take what he said. He said, if you do want to, if if something happens to me as Rupert, I'm going to activate what you call the what he My calls, militia. I'm going to yes, kill you. I'm going to kill you. Then you say, if someone dies consequent to 
violence in the taxi industry. No, no, that's not that's 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 where you miss. There's general violence right now. In fact, we want him to be investigated for that general violence in the taxi industry. But we're speaking specifically to the violence that he will unleash as a consequence of fighting his opponents. And we say, if you do that with your militia, we are going to then respond by making sure that five white people go down for every black person you murder. I mean, why is Johan Rupert not being called to account for calling for a private militia who's going to kill black people? A, a militia was going to call black black on black violence. Why are we the people now being put in a position that looks like we're the violence ones when we're simply saying we have to stop this violence, take preemptive strikes, take preemptive measures, make him understand there would be consequences in the event that he starts this, this, this violence? Oh, oh, okay, we'll, 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 we'll take this after. Let's pay rent. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. Thank you for staying with us, Mkaya. We are in conversation with Andile and, and, and Kaya. It's, um, it's, it's a very interesting discussion. I, I've always wanted to have a discussion with him. we talking all issues quasi-political, quasi-legal. Uh, you know what he said in some place that has been characterized as a very wrong place to... I was to born in Pochestrum, <laughs> I was raised there. Uh, it's, a, it's a place which is very racist. It's, it's not, there's nothing wrong with the place. Yeah. What's wrong with the, that place is white people who, who continue to be as racist as, as if apartheid is not formally ended. Yeah. Mukaya, you can join us in the conversation. You can give us a call on 86 959 or 86-00-00-959. Or you can send us an email on law at Kaya fm.co.za um there's kakiso yes how are you i'm very well my brother how are you uh, good evening uh, to the kaya listeners hello yes go ahead yeah look to be simple Andile. hello i'm listening to you yeah the issue here my brother is that since you've started with your blf society and all that as a pan-Africanist, sometimes you guys make us as if we did not hear what you said. I was there listening to what Rupert was saying. Just because you guys are misinterpreting stuff, and I'm not protecting the settlers there. But you are? You guys are too, uh, I, I am not. You are? Because well, you guys are extremists. You guys are extremists. So, so you and Rupert no, no, can no, kill no, us no, with no, his no, army. No, it's no, not no, extremists. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let, let, let him listen, speak. What, listen. Kind of ex- what kind of pan-Africanist is this one? No, 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 no. He said, he said, you see, you think that you know the Pan-Africanists that we are supposed to be. You claim to be a Biko, a... a, 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 a I am. But you are not. Rupert even made something that you guys... You are defending are a white man who want to kill us. I'm not defending. You see, your problem, you always want to talk while other people are talking. Yeah, and but you become you, the master. Wait, man, you see, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you right now, you claiming that people should be killed. We already know that what settlers do, we've got a high rate of murder. And many black people are being killed by even settlers and white people here, uh, by black people. So how do we solve when you are encouraging violence to be Against happening? who? No, it's not against who, because... Who is dying in this country? Some idiots here are going to be killing other black people being bought by settlers. Settlers, but, but this is the but point. But your stupidity, your stupidity is proving that you are so hungry to go to parliament, but you are not following the proper processes. Okay, no, no, until it, wait, 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 yeah. enlighten me here. So, so in your concept, conceptualization of things, yeah. you don't see any white person that is capable of acting humanely 
and acting in terms of the promises of the That's constitution. irrelevant. Completely. And the white people have consistently shown no. that they are they will not serve our interests. Look at the ANC. The pro- biggest problem no, no, they no, have no, is no, white no. people in the ANC itself. No, no, no. And my question is very specific. I'm saying to you, are you suggesting to me that there is no white person who is this capable... Is such a painful question, really. Uh, we don't care what white people think or do. We care for the fact that they have taken our land. 24 years later, they have not returned it. 24 years later, they have not sent their sorry for apartheid. 24 years later, they are still our lords, and we want to change that situation. So if there's one individual white person who likes you, so what? So, so that white person is as, a white person who is not racist is as good as a white person. How can you not racist? be racist when there's a racist system that benefits all of white people, irrespective of what they think or do? So a person is racist by virtue merely of their race. Of course, in the same way that you are victim of racism merely by being black. Wow, Kaya. And blacks can't be racist. Let me just conclude by that. Yo. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think, of course, um, Andile has already taken the position where he's very clear about what his views are. And, of course, our responsibility is to then engage him. And I think what we tend to see here is that people's convictions are probably as a result of their own personal experiences. So I do not know his entire history, but, of course, he might have, in his engagements with perhaps white people, farmers and things like that, been drawn but to conceptually, ideas that are more let's, let's be conceptually. Yeah. Conceptually. Yeah. Ah, white, is there a white person who is not a beneficiary of racism? Today, who was born, who was born two, two days ago? But isn't there a distinction between being a beneficiary of racism and being a racist? Exactly, but here's the point. You are a beneficiary when you grow up, you have the possibility of changing that. Not a single one has done so. I don't think everybody's got the ability or the courage to make changes in circumstances that might even benefit them. And of course, you wish that perhaps more people would have the courage of conviction to then say, I'm going to go and confront the system. But let's face it, not everybody is a crusader or an activist. like. And I'm not expecting white people too. Yeah. So the thing here is that, of course, for some of them it's really an accident of history that you were born into privilege do you do anything to sort of see some of that privilege is a question that you'd have to deal with on an individual basis so obviously it's I, a systematic it's not a, it's, it's a system yeah it's a the system was, was it's cultivated all was white people to assist them and some people. of them step out of it and say i actually like am who? not comfortable with like, this like like, like i mean yeah, I, I, I wish I'd had the conversation. I wish I'd had the permission to disclose their names, but I personally no, but individual, have engaged with a lot of individuals yeah. so, so, who are white. So you're saying, but are still able to then step out of verbally, that and say, so they, they express their yes, discomfort. Yes, so it's okay, not privileges, not we changes. We all become our creatures changes. of our circumstances. So yeah. the okay. people have been able to engage with some of them and do step out and yeah. say, "This is how I want to make a difference." And and it's not a universal but thing. I'm not saying every white person does that, but some of them do. As I step out, the system does not ask white people, "Are you racist or not?" The white system globally treats white people as privileged individuals. In New York, in America, black middle class kids get shot. Not because they've done anything, but merely that they are black. And the white system does not ask questions. It and treats you as black and, 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 and you suffer. What is your take on Joe Slovo? He, in fact, is the worst. Joe Slovo, you know, people left here going to train abroad. He trained them and told them that they must come and shoot pylons when white people were shooting black people in the townships. He was saving white people. I mean, uh, Joe Slovo is the worst. I don't think he's uh, a good example. Uh, black First Land First is now here and white people are really terrified and the black middle class is some of it because uh, next year, Black First Land First will be in parliament for the first time going to have a black uh, revolutionary voice. So is this about elections? No, I mean, this is costly to us. You can see, I mean, we have to defend ourselves. This is the most difficult position. They're much easier position. We could have gone against Zuma and gone against the Guptas. That's a very easy thing if you want votes in South Africa. We are actually taking the most difficult position because it's a principal position. Zanele from Johannesburg. Good evening. You're speaking to Zanele. I'm the deputy president of Black First Land First. 
Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I would like to say that, remember, someone like Johan Rupert is the son of Anton Rupert, who was the mastermind of the upper state machinery that made sure that people are evicted from their own land and they are trapped into townships. And we know the type of violence where people murder themselves, black sisters and black brothers in thousands. And people like Johan Rupert are directly accountable for that. And I think, secondly, it's very important to just point out the hypocrisy from the media and from society. Peter Kunevald, in particular, who is the leader of Freedom Front Class, when Parliament was passing the motion on land expropriation without compensation, he stood in the National Assembly and said, should this process go forward, there will be civil war in this country. It was clear who that message was directed to because he represents the white party and that's a land expropriation with some black people. So if you threaten civil war, it means you are declaring war against black people. And there was no mayhem, there was no outrage, no one reported him to the South African Human Rights Commission because he represents an agenda that benefits the status quo in this country. So, 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 Andy, I, I've, I've heard you, Deputy President. So, I'm, I'm struggling to come to terms with some of the things that you are that you are saying. Maybe my mind is too too small to process it all at at once. Because what I'm hearing you saying is that, as far as you are concerned, one, if a person is white, they are racist. Two, you are saying that it is not possible for a white person to be a person that respects the inherent human dignity of everyone. That's, am I understanding you correctly? Yeah, that, that's correct. I mean, I mean that, that would be a, a correct summary. And uh, we are not, we're not worried to represent white people. They must speak for themselves. Our experience with white people is that they are racist and they are beneficiary of a system that oppresses us. And the burden of changing all that is uh, for black people. It's very tiring that we must constantly try to find a good white person. I mean, if they were good white people, they would have returned the country. I mean, they would have stopped racism. Why, they, why are they not organizing among themselves? I mean, telling each other to stop this stuff. And again, we must simply say it's black first, land first. If Johan Rupert and black people want peace, the English-speaking middle classes, tell Johan Rupert not to kill us. Okay. Um, I from Lanesia. Hi, good evening, gents. Very well. How are you, brother? Fine. Okay, man. Andile, my brother, how are you, man? I'm surviving on you. Okay, man. Um, Andile, just a quick one, man. You know, also what's keeping us back in this country now is uh, our educated brothers, man. They go to these universities and they come out and they earn a nice sort of middle-class lifestyle and they go totally with, uh, you know, these imperialist forces, man. I think these are also the guys that are holding us back. Your, your view on that? I'll, I'll listen to the radio. Thank you. Yes, it is unfortunate. Uh, they we call them seven or two, oh, uh, just clever blacks. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they are the most ignorant but arrogant people, and uh, they present themselves as uh, knowledgeable. In fact, half the time is only that they speak English. They know they they are very shallow, and uh, they are very tiring, and they are very noisy. Um, but they are part of us, black people, and often. Quickly, their white friends show them that they are black like us, and then they become the most radical. So generally, I'm patient with them. I know uh, it will take them another five months, and then they realize they're black. They can't afford their bonds. They are at work having <laughs> racism, and then they start uh, saying, oh, Tama was right. I, uh, I, so so we're not too much bothered. But yeah, it can be irritating. 
are, are you a Marxist? Marxist Leninist? Are you are you dogmatic? Or? But why is a Marxist Leninist equivalent to dogmatism? No, I'm asking a question. No, but no, but I I am, I am defending Marxist Leninist there. Yeah. I read Marx and, and I read Lenin and read all of them. But I'm a Pan Africanist and a Black Consciousness fellow. Uh, I, I I use Marxism, but I, I'm not I'm not a follower of 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 that doctrine. I I I, I use it in as far as it is able to critique capital, but it fails totally to deal with the black problematic. And that is why we follow Steve Bigo, we follow uh, Franz Fanon, and we follow people like Amy Cesar because they talk about the black problematic. And you can see, if you look at them, they have studied a bit of Marxism, but they go beyond it. So, 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 so what, 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 what is, where, where on the racial line do you place Marx and Lenin? No, but they're white and they're, they're racist. And they are colonialists. In fact, we can talk about Marx. Marx actually approve of colonialism. If you read his text on India and China and his comments on Africa, he's, in fact, his whole Marxist project is about uh, going to Europe, being like Europe. He, he says it. He says capitalism, which is a European construct at the time, is the most uh, advanced point of development of society and in fact colonize those backward countries to bring them into colonialism to, to to capitalism because then you can create uh, the communist and nirvana out of uh, the, 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 the the you know the, the capitalist or bourgeois stage he is a colonialist he's a theologist so we 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 know that but his critique of capitalism on point yeah that today yeah <laughs> tavi from kzn Hi, hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I just want to say that uh, I am in full support of Black First Land First. Um, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on right now. I clearly you mobilized the forces. Yeah. Johan uh, Rupert, no, but listen, Johan Rupert went on national television and said that he has an army of right-wing militia that is ready to defend him by any means necessary, that is ready to destroy black lives. He has declared war on black bodies. And this has not been discussed on the media. What was discussed was the black people's defense against this attack on their bodies. There's a lot of hypocrisy. How does it work? In Parliament, uh, the president of the SS class said that he will, um, if the land expropriation bill is passed, they will enact civil war on this country. And that was never discussed in South Africa. It was never discussed in the media. There was no IEC involved, no human rights commissions involved. How does it work? Is it only when black people respond to the violence depicted on their bodies that suddenly the country gets some sort of democracy enthusiasm? Kaya, if 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 I may bring you in here, is is this conversation or this kind of language, if I may put it that way, or this kind of expression, a reflection of the unfinished grievances of the struggle for national liberation, or it is it is it is a South African constitution which is irreconcilable with the interests of of black children, or are we talking about just an angry black child? What is this about? I think the reality here is that whether society might like it or not, the statements that Andile does make tend to resonate with some parts of society. Might be a small group, might be, might be a big group, but there are people with whom it resonates. Then the question then has to be asked is, or, or why does, do those statements tend to resonate? And of course, some people do fall, feel a sense of collective frustration at really how the entire post-apartheid uh, um, um, dispensation has turned out. They feel that the system is still not gravitating 
working towards a more inclusive and a more just society. And of course, when people feel that a system itself is that exclusionary towards their interests and towards what they desire, then they look for something that sort of talks to those particular issues. And the one way it tends to happen is that perhaps the more pronounced and the more amplified voices in society that speak to those issues are the ones that are then seen as the people that are actually dealing with the crux of the issue. Now, I do not believe that a lot of people out there really do do want to go and shoot the next person out there. But what people might be wishing for is really a confrontation with the society in order to sort of restructure it in a way that then creates something that is far more just and something far more inclusive. And unfortunately for a lot of young black people in particular, the system is not seen as that. So, so, so is that, is that, a, is that a way of saying that people like Andile are rebels with the cause? <laughs> yes, they are. And of course, rebels with the cause themselves, the cause is what we should be focusing on rather than who champions it at a particular point in time. He is a human being. He'll come to this world and he'll pass. But if the issues remain, then perhaps the next iteration of Andile might be even more radical. It might just be someone who says, well, actually, here's the gun that I'm talking about. Of course, he's not at that stage yet, but I do think that you know, we do need to John. deal with the issues. You know, John. You're, <laughs> no, no, he's my, he's, that's, my, that's my slave name. My name is John, actually. My other name is John. It's, that's my, How but, did you end up with that name? My father gave me that. But the point about this, the John the Baptist, you know, he says this thing that uh, I'm here to baptize with water, but he who come after me is going to baptize with uh, so Holy Spirit and fire. So you are right, Kaya. I'm just trying to sort things out here. And it is true. There might be much more radical voices that come after me. Let me just say, you know, people talk about democracy and so on. As we, I speak to you, I'm, I'm uh, sh- I mean, banned from Twitter, I'm banned from Facebook. Our organization's uh, website, all of them are shut down. And by people who claim to be a Democrat. And now there's a call that we must be also excluded from participating in elections. So there's democracy for Johan Rupert. He calls for his private militia. But for us, when we say we're defend ourselves, we find ourselves banned in the democracy that people said Mandela gave us so so hypothetically let, let, let's say uh, hypothetically let, let's say people are killed in Texas violence what can we expect from you I mean I think our message is very absolutely clear that should uh, Johan Rupert kill our people we are not going back to the 80s and, and the 90s where we're killing one another 30,000 black people killed each other as, as a consequence of a war which was not ours white people came and gave some of us guns and said we're going to shoot these people in the township there were massacres they were killing everything that's why I mean I use uh, I, my language was just mirroring what they were doing they killed everything they killed the women they killed the children they killed our animals in the township go to look at Buipato massacre go to look what they did I mean the East Rand hectic stuff go to look what it did even in uh, in, in in umtata so we are simply saying to white people we are not going to fight each other we are we have no beef with taxi industry in fact we're writing letters to all the taxi industry uh, people to say to them denounce what Johan Rupert is saying you are not this militia and you will not be used by him against other black people Kaya we're gonna pay the rent again know your rights know the law the law report with Michael Matuening Bill Welcome back, Mkaya. Welcome back, Mkaya. I'm standing in for my big brother, Michael Motsoneng Bill. I'm in studio with the leader of the Black Fests, Land Fests. Uh, should I say Comrade, Comrade Andile? That's right. And uh, I'm also in studio with Kaya Stosetole, uh, resident political analyst here at, uh, at Kaya. We, we, we're discussing the general posture of the of 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 this organization and uh, and i must confess that i i i'm 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 i don't know i'm i'm still trying to look for ways to 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 understand what i'm hearing um i don't i don't think you will i mean uh, it's either you like us or you hate us no no, no it's not about liking you it's it's yeah. because if you make i think we're very clear where we stand you can't, we are not ambiguous at all 
it's a question of whether you can be comfortable enough to come with us to where we're going and to say, well, we must cross the Rubicon as black people. As, we have, and Kaya maybe is right to say maybe we look like we represent a, a minority. That's not true. In fact, every single black person is a member of Black First Land First. They just don't know yet. yet. So, 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 so this call that you're making, uh, um, if, if black people are killed somewhere, in, in consequence of what you're saying uh, uh, Rupert intends to do, and you go and kill, f- the ratio has been described as one is to five. What is, wh- wh- when you appear in court, what are you going to say as your defense? Well, I'd like, I'd like to hear what they will be accusing me of. Of murder. Well, they left to connect me to the murder. I mean, there's going to be a long discussion that's going to go on there. So you're disowning that you're going to, because now... Uh, no, but I mean, but, you but say it's so, a, a, a hypothetical situation. No, 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 but you say, you say, you kill, you kill our people, you're going yeah. to sell five of you, kill five of you. Yeah. So, so you, uh, think, and I say, you think and I'm I, that smart that I'm going to admit... Uh, uh, to a situation like that so that I can go to jail. No, we are in a revolutionary situation. We are going to lie to power. We are going to deceive power. <laughs> and we are going to make sure that our people are organized and they are brave and we continue with the struggle. No so, revolutionary submit themselves so, to the... So to white people are going to die, but you are not going to own up to having killed them. It is up to them to make the connection. By, by the way, black people are killing... White, black no, people no, are no, 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 don't, no. Don't, I'm asking you a specific question. Yeah. You said... If one black person is killed, you're going to kill five. Yeah, yeah. And I'm asking you, if those five people die, you're going to deny having killed them. Oh, maybe it's possible. I don't know. I mean, it's a hypothetical situation. You're, you're it's asking. not hypothetical. I'm yeah. talking the facts. You yeah. said if you kill one, we kill five. Yeah, that's, going, that's, that's our position. And if those five die, you're going yeah. to deny having killed them. Well, if uh, that's good for the revolution, yes, I will. I, no. Edward, you are hearing what Comrade Andile is saying here. Edward, uh, Craig, Craig from Kakizo. Yes, how are you, sir? I'm very well, how are you? You, you are hearing what Comrade Andile is saying here. He said I'm a, I can call him Comrade Andile. Yeah, no, by all means, hey, you guys can uh, humor each other. Um, I, I, I want to just uh, weigh in on... There's a video that's been doing the rounds on Twitter today uh, of a, a white child who is being asked who ate the cookies out of the packet and she said no there's somebody who came and stole those those cookies and uh, the mother interrogates and at the end she says yeah it was a black person it was a black man actually and the mother laughs and the video ends there now having said said that backdrop i i want to i want to say you my brother as a, a driver of conversation as a journalist uh, who's supposed to drive the conversation, uh, you don't have a particular right to take a position that what Andile is saying is dogma. I think uh, I'm losing interest in roundabout that when, I, when I'm sensing your particular position to the debate you're supposed to be driving tonight. Now, black people in this country are subjected to all forms of known violence on a daily basis. I don't know who, where you and your guests live if you don't know the violence that is inflicted on black people in townships by virtue of the servitude they are subjected to by living in the conditions and being subjected to being slave uh, depots even till today after 24 years of democracy. Well, look, I, 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 I don't think it's, it's necessary to, to have it. To, but I agree with him. 
you you creating false hypothetical situation to try to to ridicule and make uh, these positions that we are taking uh, to to be extreme and out of context. I agree with him. You are not serious about this conversation. I believe that uh, he's re- he's reading you correctly. I mean, we have made a statement responding to a very clear part, I mean context. You creating false um, scenarios. Which have got nothing to do with what we are discussing. Give me one false scenario. Like now, you sent to me, oh, you're going to kill five white people now. And so what, what? There's no white five people who are dead yet. No, no, but you say, yeah. Andil, Andil, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. You say it. And I asked you, that's why when, when the discussion started, I said to you, I want you to say it in your own words. Did you... Did, did, has, has Rupert killed one black person? No, no, no. I no, say, I'm asking you. I that's, don't know. No, he hasn't. Yes. And, and, and I, what we're saying is if he does, we will. Right? So, I mean, why are you saying, oh, there are no five... I mean, this is... Uh, so, so, what is hypo- so, what is hypothetical say, about that? You are saying, if Rupert kills, yeah. you are going to kill five. Exactly. So, what is hypothetical? And then you say, plead guilty so, to whether you accept your killing, we have killed by five people, white people. No, 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 no. No, no man. No, no. Look, let's be serious about this conversation. And I agree with your caller. And this is a black metal class stupidity that presents itself as, as, as intelligence, right? We have violence in this country by white people. A white man comes and you all laugh... People like you are laughing and clapping when your Rupert says got a private militia. We says Black First Land First will not accept it, will defend ourselves. You are calling me. Where's your Rupert? Did you call your Rupert to account? No, no, no. I'm asking you, have you called your Rupert to sit here and to account for his utterances? No. Like the one of the callers have said, uh, the DA says, uh, Helen Zille, colonialism was not a bad system. She is still in parliament. The DA is not being called to account. The same with this uh, uh, party, uh, Freedom Front Plus, which uh, basically is a racist party, which says it will bring about a civil war. Nobody's saying it must be deregistered. And I can go on and on. The uh, Freedom, I mean, Afri Forum, it says, uh, it denies that apartheid was a crime against humanity. It is, up, it is allowed to exist in this country. The AWB is allowed to exist in this country. But when black people say they will defend themselves, you want to ridiculous and make like stupid. This is the problem of the middle class, which is colonized. And you represent them, quite frankly, I believe. Look, you're entitled to your opinion. The, 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 the reality of the matter is this. You said that for every one black person that is killed, you're going to kill five. And I don't see what is hypothetical about that. And I ask you a question. If those five people are killed, are you going to own up? And you said you, you will make a call given revolutionary... Yeah, but because that, that's, that's a nonsensical question, I mean, which is based on... Because, I mean, I ask you, we have a, a situation where we say we want to prevent Johan Rupert from killing people. That is what our call is about. Okay, let, 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 let me... That's what the, our call is about. Okay, Andy, let me, let, let me put the question different to you. If, if Rupert kills black people, like you say, will you kill five people? Well, we, that's what the call we have made. And when you kill those five people, what is going to be your defense? Well, we, we will see how, under what circumstances that happened. I mean, but I mean, again, this is the thing. I mean, we're not interested in that. Johan Rupert will not kill because if he kills, he knows what will happen. This is what we are, we are saying to white people. Don't stand in front of an oncoming train. You will die. You will die very badly. That's why we said don't stand in front of an oncoming train. That's our, that's our uh, you know, warning to them. And uh, we are very serious about this. We're not going to kill each other like we did in the 80s. If you think that maybe it's a joke or uh, some people think that uh, it's something to laugh about, good enough. But we are serious about what, what we stand for in this, in the, in this instance. Okay. You, 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 I, I've been accused of dogma. I've been accused of ridiculing what uh, Andile is saying. What's your take? 
Look, of course, there, again, the nature of these conversations is that it's going to be very polarizing to the people that are listening and the people that are participating. And as I said earlier on, on this particular radio station, for me, what we really are lacking as a country is a way of finding a way to uh, give people the platform to ventilate what they are and also then sort of then be able to express alternative views in a manner that sort of leads us to a particular different outcome. And I think what we tend to do is that we all tend to retreat in our corners and really stick to our stance. So perhaps people see you as dogmatic because they don't see you gravitating towards trying to understand what Andile is saying. Look, if I had to look at it from his perspective, and it's not my duty to do so, but I suspect him, what you were, think, what you were trying to find is... Obviously, Johandre Pirim himself was simply just making an example to say, well, in instances where I feel attacked, I also have people who can try and defend me. Again, whether they should have said it or not is secondary matter. Similarly here, I really don't think that Andy went home and then did the mathematics and say, oh, if he kills one black person and we kill five, then we're going to get somewhere. It was simply a question of, well, if I feel threatened as an individual and the basis for the threat is because some person then said, uh, 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 black people should be killed in order to defend his honor or whatever his position is, then my reaction is that I feel that I should retaliate. That's really what the issue is here. Now, again, the question is, do does that form of retaliation um, actually assist in the situation? Because all you're going to end up with, even in Andile's utopia, is that instead of one black person, you now have five dead uh, or white people plus one uh, black person. Is that a better situation for society? I don't think so. It's a question of how do you then get somebody like your hundred pet to disengage from even putting the idea to the table that actually if he feels threatened, then he's got people ready to defend him. And these people happen to be, you know, taxi drivers, because as I said earlier on, the context in South Africa is that taxi drivers have been associated with taxi violence. And of course, it came across as a very brutal and a very violent statement uh, uh, directed at people who quite simply were not white. So if you then direct a statement like that, you have to be responsible for that. The consequences that people might interpret as a direct result of the power that you hold in society, the voice that you have in society, and the historical context. And I suppose they don't come much better than the Johan Rupert example. So he is equally responsible for getting us to even put this thing on the table as a conversation. Is it responsible for Andile's reaction? I don't think so. But is Andile then responsible for the reaction of people who might listen to him? Definitely so. Uh, Vosi from Pretoria. Uh, Vesa, Vesa. Vesa from Westland. Yes, brother. So... Chief, I must talk, I must talk to the guy that's replaced Michael tonight. You you really have a a neck for you've, I must say you've really tried your best to be condescending to what Andilo was talking about. And and I must concur with the previous caller and and Andilo himself. I mean, how do you actually attack someone that um, is actually put this point across just like that? And uh, to the fact that you are actually ridiculing him, in, in fact, that you are laughing, how on earth would you actually do something like that? Because, I mean, this is a viewpoint. I mean, Andila is actually talking from a systematic uh, problems that every one of us as black people and African people are actually involved in. And you, you don't seem to actually understand that, or I'm not sure whether you are, you know, that, that, that just passes your, your thought pattern. I just don't understand how you would ridicule something like this because, I mean, black people are killed pretty much on a daily basis. And and to the second point, how would you actually... Have you actually got any plans to invite um, Jan Rupert and, and the likes to your students? I'm sure the, the producers would do that, yes. 
mean, where's your inclination to actually have him actually come and and and, and account to the to the statements that he's made? Look, I I I I I don't mean to defend myself. Ne? But I, I think the the, the, conver- the if 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 I understood the Andile's point correctly, is that every other platform that he wants to express himself has been shut off. So if Kaya gives him an opportunity to come and say what he wants to say, he's not coming to preach to the choir. He's coming to 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 speak on a, on a platform that has been offered to say anything and everything that he wants to say, and there is no obligation on anyone to agree with him. So if the conversation is supposed to be a conversation in which we are supposed to agree with him as, a, as, as an indication that we are all Pan-Africanists, I think the conversation becomes, becomes problematic. But nobody said you must agree. No. And, and, and I think Yohan Rupetti said this almost now two weeks ago. Nobody has asked Yohan Rupetti to account for calling for war and claiming quite directly that he's got a private army and black people are going to kill each other. The, the, the text industry doesn't kill white people. It's black people who get killed. Vosi from Pretoria. Yeah, how's it, guys? Good, good. How are you? I think I think I think the presenter there on the studio is just putting himself in in a very difficult position because such you know it's for the fact that a black person is interviewing another black person on this issue it's just ridiculous on its own. Mm. So it's just I I don't, I don't know it's basically something and uh, it's it's very bad. I mean I mean gen, you know, as black people we have tried to accommodate white people we have tried we have tried we've tried and these guys they keep slapping us. You know, back, you know, it's bad. Uh, Kaya, yeah, I see you're listening, you're smiling. I'm watching the tweets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, you see, this is what I was trying to highlight earlier on. And I mean, the anecdotal um, system that society has out there is that this man has been characterized as a lunatic. What other words do they use for you? You see all the English, yeah. You yeah. get all these um, uh, characters. I'm, I'm high on Nyope and uh, I don't yeah, know what the Nyope one, yeah. all of that. I'm a survivor said Dimeni. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is equally uh, problematic. And again, what I keep highlighting here is that perhaps people like me and perhaps even people like you tend to live in a different part of society where, for us, we listen to this. We're like, he's clearly a lunatic again. But I keep saying that there's a problem that there are people to whom these messages resonate and for me it's far more important for us to start engaging those people because if we correctly or otherwise feel that perhaps his stance is ill-advised the issue is not for us to keep that to ourselves the issue is to then present the alternative stance uh, uh, possibly and then say well maybe Andile we think the message would be better communicated in this particular manner and of course he was using metaphors and all these similes and all those things but a lot of people don't see it that way they're simply saying that I feel that I'm a black person for whom the system is not working here's a man who speaks to the issues that I feel are a problem for me and is saying that if the system doesn't respond to me this is how the system ought to be confronted now of course whether people eventually take up arms is not the issue here it's simply the fact that messages of this nature do resonate and the question that society in South Africa should be asking themselves is how did we end up cultivating a society in which messages of this nature have got a place because clearly there is a vacuum here that is not being addressed is it a social cohesion vacuum is it a political consensus vacuum those are the types of questions that we should be engaging in but to then demonize people who say things that we do not like is also problematic because one day I might come in my better English and still say the same things that Andile is, is doing or say the same things that he says people must be doing and then the question would be oh does Kaya's English he sounds better more refined more sophisticated than Andile's should then then be taken seriously if the message is the same and of course the danger will always be that we can find a sophisticated version of Andile and get him to say the same things the issue that should be dealt with is what is he addressing and why 
is that still an issue that somebody like him feels that they need to be championing? So again, never get fixated on, on, on the faces. That's what I used to tell the country. Zuma is not the problem. The political system that created Jacob Zuma and kept him there was a problem. We all confronted him. He's gone. The political problems remain. Andela, oh, you, you left the last word. No, sure. Um, firstly, we are not asking for favors and we're not asking for anybody to understand us. Um, without agreeing with us. We think that we have presented the best case under the situation. Uh, none of you are able to provide a suggestion. How do you prevent Johan Rupert from unleashing violence against black people? How, in fact, the black middle class did not even hear that he was declaring war. They actually clapped because they thought it is amusing for a white man to say he's got a private militia. And, and, and if you think about it, it's actually he was instigating a tribal war because he started by attacking the vendors, little vendor in the red uh, beret. And then he goes and deal with this stereotypical thing about uh, the taxi industry being run by Zulu-speaking people. They've got these Zulus against the vendors. It's not going to happen. Black people, prepare yourself for Black Fest, Land Fest. Vote for us. We're going to Parliament. We'll present your views. We'll not moderate ourselves and Amagwala <laughs> thank you very much, Andile, for coming in studio. And thank you very much, Kaya. I, 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 I certainly enjoyed the conversation. Like, like, like I said, I've, I've, I've watched you with, uh, with anticipation, and it has been a pleasure uh, speaking to you. Thank uh, you. Good night, Mkaya. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.